if I came up with a theme in the morning, then improvised variations throughout the day? What would that add up to? Call it a variation on the theme and variation idea, but in the form of a diary of a single day. A day in the improvised life of Ivan Denisovich. I, I mean, Peter Saltzman. Stay tuned to see how that goes. First this. The theme. Where does it come from in the first place? I often wonder about this as I sit down to improvise and something pops into my head. Before I start, a rhythm, a motif, a motif which is really kind of a proto-melody. When we think of tunes that we are familiar with, fly me to the moon and let me search among the stars, that whole thing, that whole song, let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars, is a series of sequenced motifs. Da-da-da-da-da. One, two, three, four, five. A descending scale-type pattern. And then it goes up. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It does the same thing, right? And then it does it again. Da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So you have basically the first part of that melody is all really based on that motif. And then it goes on in, in other words, da-da-da, in other words, darling, kiss me, that, that whole part, right? And then it repeats the opening. Fill my life with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I hope for, blah, 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 blah. In other words, please be true. Here's the conclusion. In other words, I love you. Okay, so... That whole thing is what we consider a tune or a complete melody, but it's obviously constructed of smaller parts, smaller motifs. And the main motif is that first thing. Fly me to the moon. And everything else that comes after it is a variation in a sense on that. So variation technique, the technique of theme and variations is kind of fundamental to the very act of making music, right? Is it not? Of course it is. And the variation itself is usually on a primary motif. In the case of Fly Me to the Moon, it's that descending five-note pattern. So when I sit down and improvise and I say I'm improvising on a theme, mostly what I'm improvising on is a motif that then becomes a theme. It develops into a melody. So theme is really an outgrowth of motif or motif, musical motif, whether it's a rhythm, a melody, or a combination of the two, or even a series of chords, comes before melody. It is the building block of melody. So when I sit down and come up with something, I start improvising, and it's almost always on some kind of theme or rhythmic figure. That first impulse, where does it come from? I have no idea. Well, I think a part of it is, in fact, simply memory, association. I'm sitting down at the piano. It's 10, 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And why does this particular set of notes come into my head? 
it's hard for us to quantify in the way that we normally can say with imagery. A painter sees something, he paints it, he or she paints it. Now, it's not going to be the exact, unless it's like perfect realism, photorealism. It will be an artist's imagination of what they are seeing. For me, and I think for improvisers in general and composers, the world is translated into sound, the world around us. So somehow, my walking over to the piano, the act of doing that, the act of coming up to my studio, which is above my garage, generates a thought in sound. And that thought is usually just a primary motif. And then that motif, in essence, takes on its own life and becomes a melody. And that melody becomes the basis. It becomes the theme that has perhaps infinite possibilities for development. Melody is character in a story, and that character is going to undergo a transformation as it moves through various chords. Think of the chords as the environment, the place where the melody is existing, going through different rooms, interacting with other characters, maybe other melodies, other themes. And that interaction causes it to be transformed. It changes. It can no longer just be the innocent little melody that really was just a autonomic, automatic reaction to the environment from which it sprang. So our simple little theme, our four or five note motif that became a melody that maybe had 13 or 17 notes or whatever it is, now undergoes change. It's forced, in a way, to adapt to its environment and be changed by it and change the environment itself. Works both ways. So all these forms, whether Sonata Allegro, which I spoke about a few episodes ago, and Rondo, and so theme and variations, getting back to that. The variations multiply. It's not simply that you play a theme and do one variation, say the theme is in 4-4 time and a simple harmony, and then the first variation is in 3-4 with maybe some change in the harmony. But that second theme, if you're paying attention as a composer or improviser, isn't just a variation. It's going to change our perception of the theme itself. And the third, the second variation then will be affected by that and so on. It multiplies. The changes multiply. So by the time we're at the end of our theme and variations, a story of that theme, that character, will have evolved into something that we probably never intended. So there's that. So now that I've thoroughly explained what a musical theme actually is, I need to come up with a clever theme upon which my variations will be based. Now, here's the thing. I'm improvising the theme as well as the variation, so there's a certain amount of pressure to come up with something that is both memorable in and of itself, but also amenable to the variation technique, meaning doing something with it that could last for, uh, be of interest for at least five variations. Here we go.
So there's our theme. Not even sure I like it. And I did have to go back and listen to it to make sure I could work with it and understand it. But it does have most of the characteristics that, at least for me, are required for doing a theme and variations. It's got a primary motif, which is this. Little um, one, two, three, four, five, six notes going down, then up. Then it does the same thing, that same motif shifted down a third. That's kind of part A of the theme. And then it's got this, to kind of counteract that ascending part, it has a descending three-note motif that's also done twice. So that whole A section of our little theme, our tune, is this. That's kind of part one of the A theme. That's part two. So we have part one, part one A, then part. So that's the first part of the tune. That then repeats. That's a larger A section, this thing. The second time, the chord at the end is a little different, as opposed to that. Okay, so that's the larger A section of this tune. And then there is a B section, which goes like this. So that's this little... Tied together, I'd have to say, with the A section by the repeat, that first repeating note. And it's going down, it's going the opposite direction. So this is this B section, think of as a kind of answer to the question, the rising question. The descending answer. Then it has the second part of the motif, and then that same figure happens again, down a step. So that's the B section, and then what do I do? I come back to the A section. complete repeat of the A section. So the entire form of my theme, my melody, is A, A, B, A. Get it? Okay. Even if you don't, I'm going on to my first variation. One of the beauties of the variation format is that because it forces you to think in these smaller discrete units, you can be very creative with what each unit is. You can come up with arbitrary ideas like Well, I just went for a walk to CVS to pick something up, if you must know. And what would a variation about walking to CVS on a sunny but very cold day in Chicago look like? Sound like, I should say.
Okay, well, that was really not like my walk to CVS at all. Uh, when I go for a walk, I generally go pretty fast, particularly on a cold day like today. I would go even faster. So that was more like a lazy stroll along the boardwalk. But as I was playing it, I was thinking of, well, let's keep this uh, healthcare theme going since I went to CVS to pick up a prescription. And I went there on the advice of a doctor. But it made me think of this experience that we all have of going into a new doctor's office and having to fill out the same paperwork, the same forms that you've filled out countless times before, the same name, your same name, your same date of birth, Social Security. I suppose I could change all of it. That might make it more interesting. Well, then I'll just do that in this next variation. So this one will be about the feeling of filling out paperwork in a doctor's office. What does that sound like? was about to say, okay, let's stay on the healthcare theme and uh, do a variation on universal healthcare as proposed by Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, but this is getting ridiculous. Let's move on. I'm going to randomly select something that I see in the room. This is my studio above the garage, above the garage.
Okay, well, you can decide if that sounds anything at all like being above a garage or in one. But I'm kind of tired of being stuck in this space between my studio, the garage, and CVS. I do go other places. It's time for me to break out of this rut with a kind of free-for-all variation. In the introduction, I spoke about how themes are like characters, and they're going to be put through changes and be changed by the situations they go through and change the situation by going through it and so on. So all stories, or most, have some kind of hero, the protagonist. And my protagonist, the theme, is about to undergo a difficult situation. Call this our tragic Hero Variation.
Well, our hero survived the difficult situation, and while he's not yet triumphant, and I'm calling it he because this is me, I'm the hero of my own story, you should know that. While he's not triumphant, he's ready to kind of take some risks, move on, and what I really mean is it's time for something more upbeat, fast, and repetitive. How about this? How I got from walking to CVS as my first variation to a semi-triumphant, tragic hero is beyond me. But I do know that I need to end this, and I also know that my endings of larger works tend to be bluesy, slow, bluesy, dying out, kind of a resignation, but with the knowledge that it's okay. But go listen, for example, my work Kabbalah Blues or Blues Preludes and Feuds or Walls, this large symphonic dance piece I did like 25 years ago. And you will hear in those and many other larger works of mine a tendency to end with either a literal blues or just something that's bluesy. That's just how I like to go out. And I'll leave it to future musicologists, my biographers, and such to uh, figure out what that's all about. All right, this is the final variation.
And as we go out on a post-final variation, I just wanted to say that this will be the final episode of the first season of Improvisations on the Ledge. Uh, 28 episodes in all, not bad, plus some short episodes, which don't really count. But I am going to take a little break, and then I'm going to come back sometime in January, I think, with a slightly new format. The first season has been rather random in the way it moves from episode to episode. I certainly build on some themes, but I don't have an overarching plan, or I didn't going in. And because I'm interested in storytelling on a large scale, thus I'm writing a television show, I wanted to bring some of that into improvisations on the ledge for the next season. So instead of being episodic, it will be serialized in a sense that I will be building upon themes, as it were, telling a story about how music is created. Same basic idea, but a little more structure on the large scale. So until then, thank you for listening this first year as I figured out what I was doing, and I hope you'll continue to join me on my journey of trying to understand what the hell music is all about. Thanks. Thanks.